This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along, and thank you for joining us on another beautiful sunny day here in the Valley of the Sun. And as I do sometimes on this show, I'm going to start out reading a few headlines from news articles that have come out just around the past week or so. So the first one, long-time Canadian church therapist sentenced on sex crime charges. A former therapist linked to two churches in Western Canada got a -a six-and-a-half-year cumulative prison sentence Friday on 11 sex crime charges. The man was 78 years old. Sentenced on five accounts of indecent assault, four counts of sexual assault, and two counts of sexual exploitation. 78 years old, and when you think of people struggling with porn, you don't usually think about 78 years old. But, my friends, we have people coming to us who are addicted to porn from ages 10 to 80. And 80 is not an overstatement. We see people coming to us in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. One guy, he had a friend call a couple of weeks ago, 77 years old. He was a too ashamed to call. So it's a big mistake to think that this is an issue that only affects people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. The next article, Request for Help for Porn Addiction in Ireland Triples. This is from the Christian Institute. The number of porn addicts seeking help at a center in the Republic of Ireland, has skyrocketed over the past two years. So, my friends, the porn epidemic is not slowing. It is continuing to accelerate. And we had a little bit of a break around the holidays, and then right after January 1st, boom, everything lit up all over again, and we're having uh, more and more requests for help with groups and counseling. And so the thing to understand is it is urgent that we realize that mass numbers of men and women in our congregations and flocks are struggling with this. Next one, Colorado Megachurch fires formal vertical worship leader over infidelity. And this church is the biggest one in Colorado Springs, and I know because I lived there for 25 years. It was New Life Church, and this is, I'm not hiding anything here, I'm not saying anything bad. I mean, it's all over the news, and they're, They fired band member and songwriter Andy, I'm not going to say his last name, over an alleged extramarital relationship. This is the second time he's reportedly been let go for moral reasons. Adultery, pornography, sexting, promiscuity, all of these are big-time issues in the church of today. And then the last one I'll read from First Coast News in Florida, a Pentecostal pastor in Florida reportedly pleaded guilty this week to crimes stemming from the years... Long, a years-long sexual abuse of a young girl. 
The man, 55, was sentenced to 20 years in prison and 10 years probation as part of a plea deal. 55-year-old pastor, his life is now destroyed. And if he's married and has a family, their lives are torn apart too. So what I try to do on this program is have people willing to be honest, and especially if I can, if I can get pastors in, because let's be honest, don't a lot of us think that, hey, pastors walk on water and they got sandals and have no struggles with the flesh? So today I'm honored to have Pastor Jason Huff from Queen Creek Bible Church in Queen Creek, Arizona. Jason, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite. So let's get started and just have you share your story. Yeah, awesome. Um, just a brief background. I live in uh, Arizona now, grew up in uh, right outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, grew up in a Christian home. Uh, went to a, a good Bible-believing church. Uh, we had a small Christian school associated with our church, and I was in a youth group. And, uh, yeah, had a lot of good Christian opportunities extended to me as a young person and um, teenager. I uh, actually didn't end up uh, receiving Christ <clears throat> until I was a senior in high school. And, um, you know, typical good Christian kid. Uh, didn't really get into any big known problems, um, but definitely had things in my life that uh, that I struggled with, and uh, pornography was was one of those. And um, I was trying to think. I don't remember my first exposure to pornography, um, when exactly it was as far as age. I do remember... Um, sitting at my dad's computer in his office searching for pornographic material uh, on the internet and um if i had to take a guess it probably was at 14 or 15 i guess and um anyway i uh, that continued to uh, that desire that sinful desire continued to spiral in in my life, um, had a man in our church that um, actually approached me. Um, my dad's computer had some issues on it, and uh, my dad took it to him, and he saw on my account things that I was looking at, and um, I actually in that moment denied it, which is what most people do when they are confronted with that, and. Um, you know, I had to go back to him and say, yeah, I, I, I did have this issue. It was later years in life before I, I did that. But um, my senior year of high school, um, I accepted Christ. Uh, we had a pastor that came to our church that preached on a Wednesday night. That was back when we had church on Sunday night, mm-hmm. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And uh, he was talking about uh, his own personal testimony of when he uh, accepted Christ as a senior in high school, had a lot of the same opportunities afforded to him that I did. And I knew in my heart that I had not received Christ. And um, that night I grabbed my youth pastor by the arm. His name was Mr. Cash, still is Mr. Cash. And uh, yeah, I went in the back of our church and I told him, man, I I don't know Christ. And uh, that, that night I 
received Christ, and um, obviously the the flesh didn't let go. <laughs> um, you know, obviously I was a new creation in Christ, but still struggled with uh, pornography. And um, my youth pastor uh, was an accountability partner for me in that, and helped me helped me uh, get victory over my pornography issue, problem, sin. And um, throughout college, he helped me through that, saw, saw victory in that. And um, I, Mike, I was telling you before we hopped on here that if if the verdict, if the story is ever out on Jason Huff that, uh, that there was sinful failure. Uh, this would be the area of sinful failure for me, no doubt. I The flesh is still very real in this area of life for me. Um, again, I'm, I'm thankful for the victory that, that God has given me in this area, but it's, it's a daily battle uh, of the mind for me. Um, and so my wife knows that. She has access to my phone anytime she wants it. Uh, our pastor team at our church knows that they have freedom to ask me any question, uh, peruse in any area of life that they want to in my life. But they know uh, that that is a uh, the battle for the mind is uh, is very real for me. Um, we were talking earlier. We live we live in an area where it gets really hot outside and. Um, so the modesty in this area is not the greatest, and I have to continually uh, train my mind what to think on, uh, on the Word, to to look away, um, and that's that's difficult. But um, certainly an area of life that, as you as you read those stories, uh, hit home for me about pastors that um, have given in to to sin and in the areas of sexual sin, pornography, extramarital affairs. Um, and my reaction to that initially is, man, I can't believe they did that. But then when I think about it, I, I realize how quickly that could be me mm-hmm. if, if, um, if I don't continually renew my mind with the Word and realize my own uh, tendencies to sin and temptation. And so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, my story. Um, story is obviously still being written and, uh, thankful for the, um, the victory that God's given me, but continually giving me cause it is a, it is a daily struggle. And I appreciate your honesty. And, um, you talked about the news stories and to me what that shows is that we have a very real intense spiritual battle and the enemy knows when we're at our weakest. He's not going to wait till we're like strong in the spirit, right? He's going to wait till our guard's down. We think we got it all licked. And so, so what is your take on spiritual warfare? Yeah. Interesting. You asked that. Uh, we just finished a series through Ephesians uh, preaching at our church and um, just finished talking about spiritual warfare. Um, it is, a, a daily thing in our lives as believers. Uh, spiritual warfare is 
all around us, and um, I think we we view it as sometimes we think of spiritual warfare as um, certain people, and certainly it involves that. But it's it's much higher than that. It's much bigger than that. It's literally spiritual wickedness going on uh, in in the spiritual world around us. Um, Satan is not a a red man, a, a man in a red suit with a pitchfork in his hand. Um, he's a very real uh, thing in our life. Um, he knows what we struggle with. He knows where to tempt us, uh, and he certainly knows that for me. <laughs> he, um, I see spiritual warfare in my life on a on a weekly basis. My wife is a nurse. We have five kids, so I don't get a lot of I don't get a lot of time to sit down in front of the TV by myself. Um, but my wife works at night, and um, she starts at 5 p.m., gets off at 11 p.m. My kids go to bed at 8 o'clock, and the most dangerous thing I can do is mm-hmm. sit down in front of the TV and just channel surf. Uh, not to say I don't watch TV when she's not at home, but like if, I, if I'm if i just like, hey, I want to find something to watch, then that's uh, that's spiritual warfare for me. i got to turn the TV off and go to sleep or do something else. And so it's 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 – very, very real. The enemy is is roaming around, as Scripture tells us, as a lion trying to devour us, uh, and would like nothing more than to um, than to ruin me, ruin my family, ruin the ministry that God has called me to. And I think that's very evident through spiritual warfare in my own life on a daily basis. <clears throat> What I loved about what you shared is that your pastoral team is also your accountability team and your support team. And I've talked to senior pastors who are terrified to share weaknesses mm. with the elder board. I had one senior pastor told me he's shared a little bit with one person at his church, and he got ostracized. And he said, that's it. I am not talking to anybody in my church ever again. So what do you see? Do you see that a lot of pastors feel cut off and isolated? Yeah, I think so. Um I don't I don't know that I can put my finger on why that is, but I, I do think that a lot of them for some reason feel like they can't share. Uh I think I think some of that lends to what type of personality you have. Are you introverted or extroverted? I'm I'm a very extroverted person in most situations. And so my tendency is to know a lot of people have a relationship with a lot of people, but not really let anybody in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of friendships, and it looks like it looks like I let a lot of people in. But I think a tendency for people like me is to have a lot of relationships, but not really have anybody that really truly knows you. Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, as a pastor, you you do have to be careful about who you let in that inner circle. Um. But I think it's very important that there are specifically men in your life that are in that inner circle um, and men that you allow to truly know you and that aren't going to be surprised by by things that come out of your mouth because they do uh, – when it, when it comes to temptation, when it comes to sin, uh, because they do, they do know you and they know the struggles that you have. And so I, I think – uh, for for especially young pastors like me, I'm 33 years old, and I've only been pastoring for 
a year and a half. So <laughs> I got a long way to go. But um, especially for young guys like me, I think it is absolutely necessary, uh, you know, depending on how the uh, your church leadership is laid out for us. It's a, a plurality of pastors. I think it's very important that those men know your tendencies, your struggles with sin. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's just absolutely necessary for your spiritual health and the health of your church. Jason and I met with another pastor for lunch back in October. They have a thousand members. He told me that at their men's retreat that 80% of the men at their men's retreat confessed to having a struggle with pornography, 80%. So when you hear numbers like that in the news articles, what goes through your mind? Hmm. Um, I've heard that stat before, so it doesn't, it doesn't shock me. Uh, I think that's a very accurate, accurate number. What goes through my mind when I hear eighty percent of churches, I can't help but think of our church um, and see the faces of men in our church. What goes through my mind is just the um, is what sin does to men and families, and I see I see the heartbreak. Um. I know the effect that it can have on an individual, and I know the effect that it can have on a family. And so my mind immediately goes just to the the heartbreak that that can cause. And But my mind also goes to the fact that you don't have to stay there. <laughs> um, there, is, there is victory. And I think, I think a lot of times men, they get to the point where they're like, all right, I have a problem. I'm going to fix this. Like I'm going to I'm going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm going to white knuckle this thing. And you just you can't. You've got to have people around you. Somebody's got to know. Um and so my mind also goes to like if you are serious about having victory over this, there is a way out. And the way out is not other men. Like, the way out is forgiveness through Jesus, but God uses other men and other people in your life to help you receive victory. So I think of the heartache. I think of the heartbreak. I think of the families that are torn apart. I think of the kids that have to go through unbelievable things, not of their own doing. Um, But I also think of the victory that there is in Christ. Um but also the importance of having somebody help you get through that. You talked about your youth pastor helping you through that. What kind of things, how did he help you? What did that look like? Yeah, it was, um, again, I I grew up in a Christian home. I knew all the the Bible verses. It was mainly for us a time of discipleship. It was a time of getting in the Word and reading together um, that actually brought that out in me. I didn't immediately just go to him and say, hey, Mr. Cash, I have a porn problem. Like, <laughs> that didn't come out of my mouth. But it was like reading through the Word and, and renewing that in my mind, and that actually coming out in me 
and say, hey, I have, I have this issue. Um, and so it was constant conversation. Um, it was freedom for him to just ask me, hey, have you, have you looked at porn this week or today? Or, and me being honest and saying, yeah, I did, or no, I haven't, or uh, I was presented with the opportunity and I didn't, or I was presented with the opportunity and I would have had this not happened. Um, so it was it was constant communication. It was co- constant renewal of the word in my mind. Um, but I would say the key to that was just him knowing and then him keeping me accountable and me being honest with where I was at. <clears throat> And the honesty part is critical. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, you lied the first time. Um, I think talking to your dad, I don't remember. And it was a man in our church, yeah. Uh, the very first group I attended in 1991, when my life was blowing up with this stuff, I walked into and they said, how long has it been since you acted out? And I said three days, and it had been three hours. Mm. So there's that fear and that shame. Mm-hmm on top of the spiritual battle that can keep people and the enemy that is going to be throwing lies that you must not tell anyone. Yeah. So talk, talk to all those issues. Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think inside of us as men, um, most of us feel like we can fix things. We, have this propensity to feel like we we have the ability to to fix things in our lives. And so I think the enemy uses that he did in my mind like oh you can you can figure this out. Like you don't need help. You don't need to tell anybody. And I I think that's a lie knowing that that sin, that sexual sin porn whether it's pornography or it's masturbation or it's uh, extramarital affair if you're married or it's sex outside of marriage if you're not fornication, like whatever that is, it's it's the lie that you can figure that out on your own. You can pull yourself up by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you can. I've just not met anybody that's done it. <laughs> um, so I I think I think the big lie is it really comes down to pride making you believe you can do something that that you really need help with uh and yes i obviously want to emphasize that like jesus is the answer to that he's the answer to all our issues in life um but he uses people to help gain victory over that james 5:16 confess your sins yes. to one another and pray for one another that they may be healed yes you said that your wife knows about – that's pretty good. I mean, um, a lot of men, they hide this stuff from their wives. I appreciate that honesty. Yeah, it, it was – my wife and I didn't date very long. So we met in January of 2012. I better get that date right. Um, we got engaged in July of 2012, and we were married in November of 2012. So less than a year. We met in January and got married in November. Uh, she just was convinced she wanted to marry me that quick. So that's what we did. I'm kidding. It was the opposite. Um, but I, um, yeah, I shared that with her and we still continually have those conversations of, um, 
of right now currently my uh my flesh still uh she knows that I still battle with that and obviously with the world that we live in with uh whatever we want right at our fingertips with our phone or a computer like those are the the big keys for us now is conversation me just being honest with her and then um and then she knows that she can just grab my phone I mean I have a I have a passcode on my phone but it's mainly for my kids my wife knows it <laughs> and my kids know it too probably but uh yeah she can she can look anytime at anything she wants to okay Jason 30 seconds anything you want to say uh yeah I would just go back to hey if if you're a man out there or a woman uh I know we've got all types of uh, people that are listening to this and uh you're struggling I would say know that there's victory know that there was there's a way out but it does require hard work. It does require vulnerability and accountability and be willing to do that. And the victory uh, is worth it. Well, thank you for joining us, Jason. This was great. I love your transparency. And my friends, thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. 